Accelerate Service 2016 promises to be an inspiring, engaging, and educational two-day conference focused on and dedicated to five-star customer service. In addition to the amazing content you will receive over the two-day event, you will also be contributing to a larger vision of raising funds for Three Square Food Bank, a subsidiary of Feeding America, who serves food insecure residents in Southern Nevada. Make sure to check out Accelerate2016.com. That is Excel with two L's, Accelerate2016.com. Welcome to episode 154 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with this season's winner of Reality TV's Customer Service Survivor, Adam Toporek. Adam, you are the sole survivor. How does that feel? It feels amazing, of course. Who, who, who wants to not be the survivor? <laughs> you didn't get voted to Exile Island or anything. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think your, your little joking title for me could be a metaphor for uh -oh. customer service. Well, yeah, I read a great article back when Survivor was like the big thing. Somebody wrote mm -hmm. about how the skills you need on Survivor really aren't a microcosm of the skills you need in business and in life. Because in business and in life, it's not a zero sum. You win and then, you know, you have to continue to work with people. You can't be Machiavellian. And, you know, that really brings up customer service and the relational way that we always talk about interacting with our customers and treating our customers. And our guest has a fantastic book all about developing those relationships and the things that matter to loyalty and retention and creating relationships with customers. It's wow. First of all, yeah, take a bow for that segue, my friend. <laughs> that was nicely done since you didn't know your title until I gave it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, our, our guest today is Adrian Swinsco. He wrote a great book called How to Wow, and he's also been in our industry quite a while. Uh, he really has tons of experience with this. And his book really delves into that, delves into what really makes a difference, not just the big things, not just the microscopic things. It's really about consistency. It's about regular delivery of expectations in the best possible way. So I think we're going to have a great time. I think so too. And I think your comment was brilliant. <laughs> well, and I, I want to say too that he has a splendid accent. Splendid, <laughs> yes. And that's no rubbish. <laughs> and to understand all these weird inside jokes we're making right now, you have to listen to the rest of the episode. So let's get on it. Let me tell you a little bit about Adrian. Adrian Swinsco is a customer experience consultant and advisor and has been growing and helping develop customer-focused businesses for 20 years. He has worked with Shell, the Financial Times, and the Economist Group. Overall, he's a lover of simplicity and an advocate of the human touch with some really useful technology thrown in. He's also recently published a new book, which we're going to talk about, How to Wow, 68 Effortless Ways to Make Every Customer Experience Amazing. Adrian, welcome. How are you today? I'm very well, Adam. How are you doing? Wonderful. It's actually evening for you, I believe. It's evening, but it's still light. We might live in the Northern Hemisphere, and but the, it's not winter yet. Even though I'm a fan of games of Game of Thrones, and we think we're six seasons in, and winter's still coming. <laughs> we're still at the end of we're just at the end of summer here, so we're still okay. I love it. I love it. Well, it's good to have you here with us, Adrian. And 
I know there's something about Chicago and London being on the same kind of latitudinal line. And so a lot of times when I go there thinking I'm going to get better weather, I get the exact same weather that we're having. So yeah, that's just the way it goes, Jeannie, I think. just the way it goes. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you because you're certainly somebody who has been in this industry, this line of work for a, a long time. You have a uh, you know, sterling reputation. And with somebody with as much experience as you have, I'm really curious about this new book that you have. And okay. the book is, you know, How to Wow, which is a great title. And I'm curious about why that topic, when you have covered so much in customer experience, how did this one come to life? Um, so it's a really, I mean, it's a really big question. Right? I'm <laughs> Really short. I think the, uh, the the reason why we got to how to wow was because it's sort of an aspirational thing, but there's also a bit of a reality um, to it as well. I.e., can I, wow service or a wow experience isn't necessarily always kind of what you think it might be. Sometimes it, people think it's all about all the little special things, but sometimes it's actually not about that. It's about other things that you can do just to deliver a sort of a. a a consistent and reliable and trusted sort of uh, level of service or experience, and sometimes that can be the wire service that you know that that we aspire to. Um, and that so the the choice of the title was an aspirational one. It's also an outcome as well, rather than making it about customer service or experience. It's more about what do you want the customer to feel, and so that's kind of where we got to kind of on that. And so it became a an umbrella that we could try and stuff a whole bunch of things underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we've talked about that a lot here, how when people talk about, wow, how it doesn't have to be the big, you know, PR stunt. It's more right. about just providing that consistent, emotionally resonant experience that we all want as customers. So I really liked that angle that you brought to it. Thank you. I mean, uh, I think the thing that's interesting about it though is, is that um, and what we tried to do is that it's, I think that the, the, the how to wow is also a little bit of misdirection because it might actually draw people in that think about service from that perspective, but actually the book does a, tries to do a job of trying to debunk that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you and I and I, Shep and Steve Kurt, we had that discussion around that blog post for you know, your book. It inspired a blog post about exceeding expectations versus meeting expectations. Yeah. And really, you know, how these titles do attract you know, you, you're not going to ever write a book that's called How to Give Ordinary Service. Right? <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? Uh, Somebody but, is writing that down right now. I'm going to write that book. <laughs> but, but, because or, but ordinary consistently, which is, I think is one of your messages, is you know, that is wow. That is extraordinary. Now, what I liked, uh, one thing I really liked about your book, because we both went through traditional publishing, and I ended up with this very odd number of 82 chapters. Yeah. You have this number of 68 chapters. So <laughs> how did we get to 68? Well, we started with a much bigger number, and I think it was about 89. And then just consistently sort of, sort of stress tested and chopped things down. I mean, the way that this whole structure, so there are um, eight different sections of the book. If I get that right, seven or eight? Eight. Eight different sections of the book. And we wanted to populate all the different sort of sections with different sort of uh, insights and case studies and then next steps, as it were. And so we had these long list of ideas. And we 
through that sort of format, we just kind of went sort of almost stress testing and then hacking it down. And we got to the, we got to 68. I was very glad we got to 68 and not to 69. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Sure. Yeah. On the Top shelf, though. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some clicks, that's for sure. <laughs> so 68 was, was the number that we ended up with that we thought, actually, those are all pretty solid and they all fit together. Um, they're not exhaustive. But they're, they're, you know, they're, it's a good starting point. And hopefully it's, I mean, I know since I've finished writing it, I could probably add a, a, a number more. But it's six, we're at 68. We were at 68 at the point of publication. And so when you talk about these 68 examples, I think some people might think that they, it, it really is a bunch of tips like we've seen in other books. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I'm not, I'm not naming names here, but, uh, <laughs> but one of the things that I really appreciated was that you brought up specific insights and yeah. that instead of just having kind of a paragraph about each thing, you really go into a little bit more depth about how to use this insight in your business, as well as kind of what the elements are to it and really uh, how to learn from those who have done this before us. Um, yes. And so I'm curious, what are some of your kind of favorite insights from the book and how do you see those being applied to other organizations? Um, so my, one of my favorite, favorite insights is there's one, and it's, I've got the book open here actually, just to make sure I'm on message. <laughs> uh, and it's insight number 41. And, it, and the insight's called the whole in the hole in the bucket syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like that is because it's associated with a children's nursery rhyme. <laughs> when I mention it, it means that song goes around in everybody's heads for the rest of the day. You know, that song is that there's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza, there's a hole in my bucket, and so on and so forth. And I think that it's interesting is that that message sticks. Mm-hmm. It's like an infinite loop because you have to go and collect water to sharpen the stone, to cut the straw, uh, to sharpen, you have to collect water to sharpen the, um, to wet the stone to sharpen the ice to cut the straw to fix the bucket, but you've got a hole in your bucket, so you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's analogous to a business that doesn't take care of its customers and doesn't try and keep its customers and provide great service and want them to stick around, you know, build that retention and loyalty and advocacy and things. And, so I was building that sort of picture, then looking at how different companies in different industries are affected by different sort of churn rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also that, that's a way of, sort of building up the insight and say, look, this, this sort of problem afflicts different businesses in different industries at different rates. And then the, the last part was like, well, you know, some people just take what they're given in business. And I think actually the leading businesses and people that actually buck the trend don't take what they're given, don't take the benchmark or the average as a, as a, that's what we should expect, but actually work hard to understand what that is, but then also work hard to figure out what is it we need to do to swim against that tide to make, make sure that that number is not our number and our number swims way, way lower than that. And so it's what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to do with, with some of these insights is that is sort of tell a story, tell a, you know, provide some evidence of that, how this affects people and how people have used some of these things in practice, but also to then to say, well, look, here's some encouragement. Here's some sort of next steps or some questions you need to ask yourself if you want to take this and, you know, pick up the baton and run with it. And so that, but that's one of my favorite ones because it's been in uh, with me and um, as a, I feel like an analogous kind of point, you know, telling a singing a little song 
it's for the longest time. So I'm really proud that that actually made it into the book. That's really cool. And yeah. you're right. That song is going to be in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one thing I like about how you're, you've tied in you know, the results on the customer side, but I've got your book here in the last section is you focus on the business perspective. And I really like that you added that at the end where you talk about basically, okay, a lot of people talk about what to do or yeah. what the problem is. Let's talk about the challenges of actually getting it done and executing and motivating. So I liked your three things, communicate, motivate, and lead. So talk to us a little bit about the lead part, about creating a customer-centric culture and executing these experiences and customer service that we all want our organizations to have. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's great. I mean, it's one of the, it's also one of my favorite, another favorite part of my book, it, uh, parts of the book, and also just doing the research around it and speaking to different sort of people. And the, I think what's interesting about the, the lead part is that it's not leadership in terms of what you would normally lead, uh, read in a, in, a, in a leadership book. It's more of a case of think about how you do this. Think about how you structure your organization, how you organize your team, how you deal with them, how you motivate them, how you kind of measure their performance or encourage performance. Um, and what, I try, what I've tried to do is to try and come up with some different examples that, if you like, are like a curveball um, to you know, to people to challenge them to think about, is this the best way of delivering that customer-centric culture or that leading customer experience? So, for example, there's a, there's, there's a, I spoke to a guy called Bruce Puntip um, as part of the research for the book, and he runs a company called G-Adventures. Now, they are quite a, they're one of the, the, the largest small-scale, uh, small-group adventure uh, travel companies in the world. And one of the things that the interesting things that they did is rather than structure themselves in a, if you like, a very functional, formal way, they've, they've structured themselves that their business, everybody in their business faces out the way. And um, so they, 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 they're all, um, they're all focused on just doing the best that they can do for the, for the customers. And, it, you know, and it, it might sound like a, a simple thing, but what the, what they've done is they've said, Actually, we're going to make everybody that deals with customers the CEO of their, their, the business. And actually, well, the CEO is not chief executive officer, it's the chief experience officer. Because what they know is that at that point in time when you're serving that customer, when you're delivering that travel experience, you are the most important person in that company for that customer. And it, while, while somebody might just say, that's just a, it's trite, it's just a name thing. It may be, but psychologically for that employee and what it allows them to do and what it says about them and what it says about them to the customer has a massive impact on their ability to de deliver and how they, how they interface with that, with that customer. So what that example has led me to think is to say, well, look, just because your business is organized and functional in a traditional functional um, sort of hierarchy doesn't mean to say that it's the right structure to deliver the, the, the experience that you want to deliver. So don't assume that you don't have to change the structure of your company and how you manage it and how you organize and in, 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 how you organize things. If you want to, you have to be able to question everything if you want to get to that leading and um, sustainable place. Hmm. And it's, 
I, I like what you're saying there because it also ties into one of the things that you say about, um, I think the phrase you use, and I might be getting this slightly off, but it's basically, if you don't ask, you you won't get. <laughs> and it's it's about feedback. It's about how we gather feedback. So I'm curious, as we kind of bring this full circle, yeah. one of the things that I was surprised by pleasantly in this book was that you do address that idea of, you know, gathering feedback is a way to wow your customers. Mm. So now that we've come all the way like through that journey here, what, what can you add to that uh, for those listening today? So, I mean, I, a lot of people kind of talk about surveying customers and employees and all that sort of stuff. And they talk about survey fatigue and we do mm. it, um, we do it too much and then you know, people are getting tired of it. I mean, I actually don't believe that. I think that customers and employees want to give us feedback, but they want to give us the right feedback for mm. the right reasons. I think most people get really low uh, feedback scores because they are rubbish uh, <laughs> asking for feedback. They ask for too much feedback too often. And I mean, if you just think about it, if you're presented with a 10 or 12 or 15 question survey, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you want something that's going to be quick and to the point. And then the, the, the most important thing is you want something that is quick and to the point and is relevant for the, for the people that are receiving that are receiving the, uh, the request. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and not very many companies do this, is nobody is really, really closing the loop. Nobody is going back to their, is asking for feedback, taking it, figuring out what to do with it, what it means, figuring out what they're going to do about it, doing something about it, then going back to people and saying, this is what you told us, this is what we decided mattered, this is what we did about it, and this is what happened. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Mm-hmm. There's too few companies that are doing that and doing it well. And I think that's the can be the secret sauce. If people talk about want to if they want customer engagement and they want employee engagement, and if you get those two things kind of you know um, rolling together, that the I, I think the sweet spot is if is actually closing that loop. And because it, it's all about having a conversation, but having a continuous conversation, not an episodic conversation. Mm-hmm. and not a one-sided conversation. Yep. Well, unfortunately on this podcast, we are nothing but episodic conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going forever. <laughs> no, you know what? This is actually, I mean, it's, tr- it's truly fascinating. And one thing I want to take away from this in all seriousness is that we really need to use the word rubbish more here in the state. I know, right? I, it's such I a good word. Same thing. Every time we have a, a, a guest from across the pond on, we always get so, <laughs> so many good words that we don't use. Like, I like how... Uh, British people use brilliant. Yes. You know, we, we're like, we don't use it well. So <laughs> on that very uh, non-customer experience note, uh, Adrian, tell our people where they can find you and learn more about how to wow and all the great customer experience uh, knowledge and insights and work that you do. Okay. So um, before I do that, I want to add one more uh, word. It's one of my favorite words into the mix. And that word is splendid. Oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> splendid choice, Adrian. I love Very it. Good. It's brilliant. That's brilliant. There you go. Brilliant, splendid, and rubbish. Yes. <laughs> um, but in terms of finding me, um, so if you can, my website is Adrian Swinsco, which is S-W-I-N-S-C-O-E, all one word, dot com, or stick it in Google and you find me on <laughs> LinkedIn, Twitter, Forbes, the whole shooting match. If you want to find the book, 
Um, it's on Amazon.co.uk um, or .com. Just stick in how to wow customer experience and you'll find it. And, you know, when you do find it or you kind of, you find me, then say hi. Um, you know, I like kind of people just kind of reaching out and saying, oh, I heard this, that's great. Because that for me is like connecting the dots and closing the loop as well. Oh, fantastic. Splendid. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will make sure all of those links are in our show notes as well so everybody can find you. Uh, but I like that you also advise just stick it in the Google. <laughs> That's my favorite. So this was so much fun, Adrian, and we really appreciate all the wisdom that you've brought, not just here, but throughout all your many writings and everything else. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jean. It's been, um, been, the pleasure has been all mine. Thank you, Adrian. We hope you enjoyed episode 154 of Crack the Customer Code. With special thanks to our sponsor, the Accelerate Service 2016 Conference. It's taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada on October 24th and 25th. And I will be there, keynote speaking and leading a breakout session. To learn more about this fantastic customer service conference, go to Accelerate2016.com. That's Accelerate2016.com. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And we love your reviews. Thanks to Eunice, who said this podcast is a must listen. We appreciate that very much. Please keep them coming. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapork, and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and our online training at customersatsick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.